0: Hello and welcome. We all heard about term EV Ready, but what it actually means. Who can have the title? What property or the businesses are entitled to uh, call themselves an EV Ready property? Well, to answer these questions, uh, we have today a special guest, Kimberly Gray, a commercial real estate agent out of Dallas, Texas. So welcome to our show and thank you for the time uh, that you Find for us. Good to be here. Let's start today's uh, show with introduction and uh, tell us a bit of you um, uh, of you and your real estate uh, experience and how you see the world changing and adopting the EV industry. Um,
1: well, I started property management in 1999, actually in Lexington, Kentucky, while I was in college. And I've done everything from a leasing agent to a property manager to a regional supervisor who helped to go over budgets and find um, these capital assets that were needed for the properties and the money to, to go towards them. And, um, and then I've now a commercial agent. So I know both part, both sides of that. And, uh, I think that there's a, a big, um, need for chargers to be on site and on properties. and, And actually every commercial property should be thinking about it. And it's lost revenue if they're not. And, um, I think that it's a great time to get in on this whole EV-ready thing.
0: So just wanted to to tackle right now when you just said that, uh, you know, the property owner should uh, think about this. But what are the main challenges um, that uh, commercial property owners face um, the most when they're trying to become an EV-ready property and to implement this infrastructure?
1: So I think, um, you know, lack of knowledge is probably the first thing that we need to overcome. And so the more knowledgeable that people are, the managers are, and the supervisors are, the property owners are, about the influx of electric vehicles that are coming out this fall and next year, um, that's a one thing that needs to, to, to happen. But then secondly, some might struggle with understanding the necessity of capital spending up front but the question has become how much are you willing to lose rather than how much does it cost? Because it's a, um, it's a very small investment for a large, uh, a large return and for a long-term return. And so um, I think that as long as it's budgeted well, um, that the installation of the, the chargers that go into commercial properties um, are usually L2s and they're um, there are very inexpensive options um, out there, and and the installation for those aren't um, super m- massive or involved either. Um, so those could be done fairly um, inexpensive as far as capital expenditures go um, for the lifetime. Um, I was also a capital, uh, commercial building inspector, also that, that um, and so I did seven-year and ten-year capital expenditures um, for budgets and. And this is something that's going to bring in resident, new residents, res- and the residents that's going to attract or for those that are driving Teslas that are driving, spending the money on the, the EVs that are coming out. Um, these are people, um, right now are usually of a higher income rate. Um, but, you know, as that shifts and changes and lower, um, income individuals are able to purchase them, they're still, they've got to have some place to charge and they're not going to want to live anywhere where they can't charge. It. So for, especially for multifamily um, units, if we, if you don't have them and say I was looking for an apartment um, and the one on the left was the one that I really wanted and it was bougie and had everything, um, but it didn't have electric vehicle chargers, I'm going to probably choose the one on the right that's a little bit older, may not have all the amenities that I want and um because I can charge at night want to sleep and i don't have to p- add an extra 30 minutes or, or add an additional hour onto my um my commute in the mornings because that's a big deal like time is the only thing that we can't buy back or earn back in our lives and and time is money so i i don't want to sit there on the way to work to do that <laughs> I don't want yeah, to do it home. and
0: exactly what you just said i mean uh in california for example i had an experience at a lot of um uh, clients and the customers uh, coming to us were mainly because they had a problem of losing the uh tenants uh, exactly because they were not ev ready they did not have those amenities for those uh tenants uh that they had electric vehicles and they just as you said they didn't want to lose their time or trying to search around the uh, different properties were actually to find a public charging stations so that's My, a big problem
1: I, I don't so let think- me it's a amenity anymore. I think that it's more a necessity. Necessity, yeah. Correct.
0: So let me ask you um, on this. Uh, so, uh, or explain to us and our listeners, you know, what actually means to the owner to be in a way registered as an EV ready property.
1: Well, I think that um, you. I think that some people, some properties are putting in like a, a charger or two. I don't think that's enough. Um, I think that uh i know that in illinois they just passed a um law that i'm pretty sure it's like one ev space per- they made it
0: mandatory for all yep. new construction sites and all um uh, ongoing um, uh, developments they will need to implement by mandatory on ev and it has to be EV adaptation uh regardless of uh people want it or not the legislation right. is there and lies there
1: right and, we'll, and what it will do is encourage the adoption of electric vehicles and because people, the more availability we have of infrastructure, especially when we're charging at night where we live and where we work, the more people are going to be um, more apt to, to make the change. And so I think that having them available um, at property, I think that there needs to be consideration for maybe like one every four spaces is what, you know, or one maybe not one per unit like in Illinois um down here in Texas um right now but I think that it needs to be feature proofed um where it can be added, more can be added very easily. Um so to go ahead and spend the expense up front and then just add them as you need them.
0: Exactly and for that for, for that for that reason I always say at least strategically to the people and the property owners prepare yourself for the future, add extra because you will needed it. And this is not going to go away. If anything, it's going to just maybe be more on demand and grow. So,
1: right. uh, we don't yeah. want residents fighting over car spaces. Exactly. <laughs> and they, it,
0: it already happens, believe me, in, right. in California, I already saw people were actually even being in a fights for the parking spot. Yeah. That they thought that they legitimately uh, belonged so- to them or... They were first over there for a charge and so on so but let, uh, let me ask you so what or to at least you can explain to our listeners and uh, property owners who are in a commercial uh, uh, business or or just like businesses businesses so what would be their main commercial uh, property owners um, uh, benefits to implement ev infrastructure within their properties or the businesses
1: so, commercial property owners outside of multifamily units um, such as like strip Mall unit um, owners um, that have multiple tenants. Um, this is going to be a big deal because people um, want to plug in while they shop. This isn't like a gas station where you just go in and you grab gas. And you know, this is like a, it, it takes time. so
0: Exactly, it's not quick in and out.
1: Right, so, and I can say I have driven, I've been an electric vehicle owner for several years and I've driven across the country many, 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 many times it can be done. And um, it is... Kind of a pain right now because there's not a whole lot of um industry a lot a lot of retail or anything around the charters they're usually placed behind a hotel there needs to be other things available like if i'm going across country and i'm going to see a friend that i haven't seen in 20 years um on my last charge i might like get my nails done or my hair done or whatever so it's good. these are these are things that can be around and Everybody that owns parking lots needs to think about how much it can increase the business traffic that is, um, that they are losing right now to, um, to businesses that do have EV chargers or are going to have EV chargers. So if you're the first one in the area that has EV chargers implemented in your parking lot, you're going to attract all of the, that new business and that loyalty from those business customers. And whether those are shoppers or, Um, you know, are using services that your tenants offer or whatever. So um, that's an increased value to, to the lease. And so therefore you can offer your leases at a higher rate, um, more dollars per square foot to your tenants, new tenants coming in. Um, And you, I mean, it's a, it's a great way um, to advertise also because we, there, there's advertising um, mechanisms out there that um, are in addition to, Uh, the EV chargers that can advertise for the businesses. Um, There's a lot of ways to make additional revenue um, on it. And uh, it's a great opportunity, especially if you're the
0: first one in the area with them. So to basically summarize what you just said, it's uh, uh, for those commercial property owners or businesses, uh, uh, they should think proactively now uh, and prepare themselves for the future. Yes, we all know it is not that... uh, Inexpensive equipment, and it does require some of the upfront uh, cost for this, right? But, however, you know, like uh, if they strategically play, in the play them, I mean, uh, place themselves right now into this EV infrastructure and prepare their properties being ready um, down the line in the future, they're going to be way more advanced and in a better position than any other properties next door to them.
1: Right, right, and the, and really, the idea I think is to grab the loyalty of customers now because. Yes. Um, those who are driving electric vehicles already are going, are, we're diehard electric vehicle drivers. We're not going back to gas. We can't go back to gas. I did try once. It was unsuccessful and I had my car for three weeks before I traded it in for another electric vehicle. And so if you get our loyalty now, then you've got a whole new customer base just from this season of, of electric vehicle drivers.
0: Um, Kimberly, let me ask you, so let's just stay on this thematic because we are talking about uh, commercial property owners, but, and we are actually, and you are, recommending this service to be you know um, uh, done rather now than later, so what would be the potential challenges or issues that should commercial property owners consider when integrating the EV charging stations into their existing infra- infrastructure, or if they have to, by any chance, of course, uh, create an additional because we do know that uh, a lot of these properties are built uh, a long time ago. Um, infrastructure is outdated, and there is a lot of implementation that needs to be done to prepare actually this type of uh, infrastructure uh, for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, so the energy availability is obviously um, an issue. So um, it's right now the reason one of the reasons why it's so important to jump on this right now is because there's an availability of electricians and um, you can get those site surveys done and the equipment isn't on back order. And there's all these incentives and rebates right now for property owners to install them. And I think that the longer that people wait, the longer they're going to have to wait to pass that. So, so the equipment is going to start being on, you know, there's so much product and supply. And so once the ordering starts happening, um, the electricians are going to be on short, yeah, well, we are a, right,
0: right now yeah. with the experience in this, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say only uh, in uh, EV industry, but just in overall, in general, electrical, uh, uh, let's say, complexity of uh, any type of a project's work, it is the shortage of the material. We do not, I mean, it's very difficult to get, let's say, the transformers. I know for a fact for the transformers, you, in some instances, you have to wait for about 40 plus weeks, uh, so certain specialized panels, switch gears. All that electrical equipment plus on the utility companies at this moment i know that for the uh, um, la dwp the time um, to wait for somebody to actually come to your property and in, uh, add on or actually improve your facilities it takes about a year and a half right now
1: wow yeah so that's definitely it's definitely incentive to to go ahead and get that budgeted in and get those placed
0: now so what would be your re- recommendation let's say to the um just you know general population how to navigate the complicities uh, of elect- electrical infrastructure upgrades and utility coordination that may be required to support EV ch- uh, charging stations within uh their properties so what is your recommendation to that
1: um i think that a turnkey solution um company is a is a good way to go because they have a good understanding of supply chain and where the there's um there's things happening in that supply and demand um, and I, they have the electricians available they know how to schedule them what needs to be done and they they're experienced already enough and sometimes they can even flip your property on um, whether it's google earth or whatever you know or, or plans that they can get a hold of um, through the tax districts or whatever and and um and do a an overall survey Maybe even um, remotely, so that it's not does it take so much time? And so I think a turnkey solutions company is um, the way to go for that.
0: Yeah, and I do kind of agree with that. I mean, yes, there are um, a lot of you know electrical companies there, and they do know uh, their work, and they are not incompetent of uh, creation of all this. But the problem that is uh, the biggest um, of these. Uh, electrification uh, and preparation of the infrastructure in a EV industry I find that is the main issue is the paperwork and all the necessity that you need to actually put in for certain applications that you're going to be able to get all those uh, rebates grants taxes tax incentives everything that is over there available but uh, it's very difficult actually to get to it Yes. Uh, yes but let me ask you so are there any specific regulations or permits that commercial properties owners need to be aware of when installing the EV charging stations and how do they ensure the compliance i mean we do know that one of the compliances and the most easiest way would be to go actually with the one uh one-stop-shop uh, company right and uh, but what would be let's say for example for those people that uh, they would like to potentially do that on their own what they would need to do who they would need to um uh, well, partner with
1: it's, you know important to know that they all need to be ul certified um that's our standard certification in america and then also, um, you know, electricians are, there is a program called, um, EVIT, I believe, or EVITP or something. Um, yeah, um, makes, it's kind of a training course for the electricians who are already electricians to go through so that they understand the, the requirements and the needs of EV charging and how to future proof a property. And so I think it's really important for a company that you hire to have that training as well. So to the EV, EBIT or evitp certified as well
0: well my understanding that is becoming more and more as a mandatory and uh, evitp i believe so it's on a federal level so most of the electricians they would need to kind of get the certification within their state uh, Mm -hmm. of the electrical certification that they possess so it is a kind of a vast Need of exactly yeah. exactly so let me tell let me ask you so what would be the most common miscon- miscon- misconceptions uh surrounding the installation and maintenance of the ev charging stations within the uh properties or businesses and how would you address them that you,
1: the most common misconception i believe is that you
0: don't need them or that <laughs> you can
1: yeah i'll need it yeah. tomorrow Right, and so i think that that is going to be too late and i think that um that's a it's a common misconception because we don't see especially in the su- southern states we don't see a whole lot um we're starting to see more and more teslas um in texas because after elon musk opened up the gigafactory and, and down near austin but um but there's a whole all the automakers are coming out with whole lines of electric vehicles and um, most of them promise to go all electric by 2030. Um, and the few that are left are going to be that way by 2035. So, um, there's going to be more and more and more, um, out there. And then those, um, who don't think that they need a maintenance, regular maintenance program for the chargers. Um, I just want you to think about a gas station attendant who is always, so their gas stations, even if they close at night or open during the day. So there's an attendant there. There's usually not an attendant in an electric vehicle station. Um, it's really no, it's not necessary. But, um, the attendant during the day makes sure that there's water, you know, in the, the windshield wiper buckets, you know, make makes sure that the trash is clean, um, that there's not, you know, broken things on the dispensers, um, of fuel, um, you know, there's there's all kinds of things that can happen right now. A lot of our chargers are being installed where there's not covering, and so before we get that covering figured out, and um, there are there's a lot of things that the sun affects that I don't that I think that maintenance could probably um, deter or or take care of by just uh, doing a routine assessment of the station, um, wiping things down, making sure there's it's clean. Clean. Um, the site isn't. Um, yeah, but in
0: some instances, for example, that is almost impossible. Well, not impossible, but very rarely. For example, for those remote uh, locations where, let's like, say, next to the freeways, where you know, like uh, like interstate uh, roads and stuff like that, where you have the rest areas, where I do not believe that uh, you have that many um, common visitation for any type of a maintenance uh, to be on, to be yeah, done. Yeah, no,
1: it's definitely an additional service that needs to be created. created. Yeah. And so, so, um, so it is a, it's extremely important for that service. I think um, I just made a trip from LA to Dallas and um, in every charging station I went to had um, two, at least two out of four chargers weren't working at that time. And it's because um, of simple things that could have been caught by a maintenance service, like a, you know, cracked handles. Well, Those are things that not don't really cause the machines not to work, but um, but there are numbers that can be called, and um there there's different solutions now. I think that a lot of the software can be taken care of remotely but um but you know like the, it's just going up to a site and there are being um, you know the cables laying on the ground or the screen being sunburned or um it being hot to the touch and not really um, it doesn't feel very good to, to pick it up and put it in um just things that they A regular maintenance service can take care of, or can notify someone who can send the appropriate person out, um, or to tell them, "Hey, this needs to be replaced," um, or to have things, items on on them on inner vehicles that they can replace. um, Because a lot of that stuff doesn't take an electrician to do. Um, The replacement of filters once a year, the replacement of cables, um, handles, um, stuff like that really can be done by um, just someone who's been given, you know, like OSHA training and, you know, just safety training or generally, and that just wipes it down and makes it where um, we can see the phone numbers if we have
0: trouble plugging in or or unplugging or whatever the case may be. Okay, let's uh, let's tackle on some positiveness on, on all this. Uh, I mean, I believe so everything that we talk, it's actually positive, and this is a positive thing that's happening. But of course, like we said, I mean, there are uh, issues and, and, and problems that uh, people need to be aware and address them. But um, I would like to ask you also if there is a an example of your successful EV infrastructure integration that you have worked in the past and uh, the positive outcome achieved uh, to the property owners and, you know, just kind of feedback on that.
1: Well, I've worked with a lot of um, a lot of resellers and uh, of products and, and manufacturers that are wanting to move over to the, um, of, to start manufacturing in america and i speak to a lot of them i've spoken to um a lot of people as i charge actually um that also own EV driver or EVs um that are also driving across the country and and a lot of them are you know excited about the chargers being installed you know um this is it's a big push it's a big move i mean Every time a new station pops up, you know any of us in the area that have an EV are excited because there's not lines at the you know there's I know that like down um, the Tesla station that I used to use when I first got back to Texas um, last March, i um, never had anybody there, and then within six months by October of last year, um, there were waiting lines and there was there were ten station ten dispensers there. There were waiting lines for the chargers, and so yesterday I was driving through there, and I noticed that they had put ten or twenty more chargers in in the lot next to it. So, so I mean now there's there's and there's Tesla drivers in all of them. I mean like there I was I couldn't believe how many cars were there charging. So I mean if so for anyone thinking that this is it takes a long time to turn around and, and make the revenue off of these, I mean it is building up, and I mean like the energy costs are of course going to go up. Um, and then we can charge more, you know, I mean, like anybody would for any, you know, service or um, to make a little bit of a profit, you know, and I think so the, think definitely the opportunity for revenue is there. I think we're definitely as an EV driver and owner, I'm definitely excited when these go in, um, more of them go in. And then and, you know, I think the people that are making money already off of them are excited because it's bringing in the traffic and it's bringing, I mean, like in a gas station alone, um, that is uh, Texas is, you know, proud of um, here. There is a influx of customers at, at any given time in the store and the money that I save um really, it's kind of funny, like I save a lot of money not buying fuel right now by owning an EV, but I will turn around and spend that money in the store that is next to me while my EV is parking.
0: <laughs> so in that essence, what would be your um, final message to the owners and management groups um, or any other entity uh, for this ongoing electrification?
1: So I think that, uh, yeah, we have touched on this, you know, throughout the podcast, I mean, the, the supply is not, there's not an endless supply of product. Um There's not, we're, you know, we're still gathering materials and, 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 and so there's a limited, uh, you know, supply there. And it, we need to order them now um, because we're going to, we're going to gain the loyalty of a new customer base by doing so. Um, and we want to catch that early on. So, you know, I instruct my um, property owners that have parking lots right now that if you want to you want to grab the loyalty of those who already have the EV, the electric vehicles now, because they're never going to not have an electric vehicle in the future. They're always going to trade up and or trade for another electric vehicle. And so, if you can grab those of us who have electric vehicles now as a loyal loyal customer base, you've already you've already got you're already way ahead of your your competition who's going to wait until um, there's you know everything's on back order all the customers are going to you know the Sammy's next door um, they're all going to be loyal to that place and then when you finally decide that you're going to put electric vehicle chargers and well there's you're going to have to wait for the next generation to start driving <laughs> before you can before you can grab all of that loyalty and I so I think it's very important to get them installed now obviously also, because there's a lot of government incentive right now, rebates and and whatnot, um, and tax credits. Um, well, I have
0: to I have to stop you on that one, and the reason it is because mm-hmm. my my my. Uh understanding also talking to a lot of people right and what I see also that is a currently a big of a biggest issue is yes people hear about there is tax incentives uh, rebates uh, uh, federal government uh, you know grants and money over there in a pipeline for people to use and to be you know helping helping them actually to electrify and put himself on a faster track however it's so difficult to get it. It's not over there all the time available. There is a right, reco- so. a requirements and stuff like that. And I believe so that that's a big misconception. One of the misconceptions that people are thinking that it's so easy to get to that money and that it's so easy mm-hmm. to get that uh, to their um, infrastructure or let's say property being uh, installed free of charge. So Yeah, no. Yeah, no, let's that. All.
1: The only thing that I think is um, beneficial right is the tax rebate. Like, so, um, like, if you can... It, it, everyone's gonna have to pay for them up front. I mean, like it, that really needs to get. It needs to be something that people understand. There's not. There's not gonna be free chargers. There's not gonna be free installation because those installers have to feed their families, and the manufacturers have to feed their families, and the people that sell the equipment have to feed their families. So there's no free um, up front. And the government. How the government works is they always do reimbursement. So um, it's really difficult um, to to man, To maneuver um, right now because we're the regulations are coming down, things are changing, um, and everything has to be rolled out through these, you know, requests for proposals, and then a competitive process, and then and once contracts are earned or won or whatever, um, then the, that company has to still purchase all the equipment up front, has to do the installing, and then once it's open and ready and to the public and been approved and then they can apply for a reimbursement amount, um, which is not even a hundred percent actually, but that's for, that's usually for the companies who are doing the, the equipment sales and ins- installations. Um, but for the property owners, um, there, there is, there are rebates that are fairly, or tax credits, I should say, I guess um, that are fairly, because it's your, but I do know that the accountants know, you know, and so like your accountant will know how to handle that at the end of the year, just like, um, the year before last was the first time I'd ever traded stock money on Robinhood or Webull, and I and I did it a lot. And then I took my reports to the accountant, and she's like, "Oh wow!" And yeah, so but either
0: way, either way, all mix. this equipment and and the uh, you know upfront cost, it's also tax deductible at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot. Of, I mean, yeah. Obviously, I mean, this capital expenditure, it's and it's helping the community it's definitely there's all kinds of deductions that can be taken but anything that's new for tax incentives you know or whatever the accountants are going to be up to date on that so we don't have to know all of that for the property owners more as business owners that are installers and equipment sellers those are the people that have to really navigate the funding that is so hard to get and that is what i mean we want to talk about that that could take another hour <laughs> but it's um It's, it's a lot to go through, but the property owners, I mean, really the benefit is going to be at the end of the, it's going to be at tax time. Yeah.
0: Well, Kimberly, uh, thank you for your time and, uh, knowledge and information, you know, uh, given to our public and listeners. Um, I believe so that there is, uh, still more to talk about this. And as you said, yes, I mean, we can probably talk about all these uh, things, you know, um, hours, if, if not days, uh, right. because there is uh, such a vast of uh, information over there, but at least some of the bulletins that we kind of uh, tackle today, I believe so, and I hope so, that the majority of the listeners will, uh, will be helpful to them, you know, how to actually venture in the future. So thank you again for your time.
1: Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Pleasure. Well, that would be all for today's episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share and please give us your feedback uh, questions uh, to our email so that we can know and we would like to uh, bring uh, more of the informations to you uh, answers to your questions so don't be shy feel free uh, to write us and uh, ask questions and we're gonna uh, answer thank you very much for listening and until next time